Who is the best paying music streaming service? Spotify, you think Apple Music, YouTube? Nope, none of them. Who pays more to the artists when you stream their songs? I was shocked to learn this, and we're going to have that conversation coming up during this episode. Plus, we are at the halfway point of 2021. What is the most heard country song on the radio at the halfway point in the year? That conversation is coming up, too. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. Now, this is normally where Donna would pop in and say, my name's Donna, and I'm Caddy's wife, and and give some gem of information, uh, a nugget of of knowledge, and just make you go, damn that Donna. What's she doing with him? Um, I ask myself that quite often as well, but uh, listen, at 11.30 last night, Tug, are you there? I am. Okay, Tug, Tug, you know, when Letterman had a cancellation on The Late Show, he would always call Regis Philbin, right? Tug mm-hmm. is my Tug is my Regis. When 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 somebody's not here or there's something off, I lean on Tug. Uh, Donna at eleven thirty last night told me that I was an asshole and that she wasn't talking to me and that it would be impossible because we weren't talking to sit in a studio and record a forty five minute podcast. Goodness, well, yeah. um, I it's terrible news because I don't, that means I don't, you I don't, guys are uh, spatting, maybe. It doesn't happen often, you know that. I know that. Rarely ever, uh, and I don't know what it's about, Tug truthful with you she may in the next episode she may want to talk about it i doubt it uh as i was leaving the house she did speak to me it was about five words uh just say i have vertigo and that's all i've heard from her like it other than you're an asshole uh in like uh 24 hours so well i i think you guys are working out you know it's just you never know know, you know it could be a menstrual cycle i I mean you know i mean it could be um it could just be a, a bad day. Okay. All right. I don't know, man. I'm just trying to throw out just did, you know, did, possibility. Did you know the ladies can track their menstrual cycles on their Apple Watches? I did. You yeah. know what's funny? Because I wondered how I could take it off my Apple Watch because I don't need it. And and, and I think it's one of those apps that's unremovable. The tracking your menstrual cycle? Yes. I mean, literally, I'm looking at it right now, and I just ran across this. How's your, uh, how's your phone? I don't know. A few days ago. All right. So I lean on Tug. For gosh, advice, um, knowledge, uh, 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 to learn how to be a better father, um, to learn how to be a better husband, and clearly I haven't been listening because my wife's left me. <laughs> That's not true. You're great. Um, Tug and I met probably 15, 20 years ago at the former Kicks One One Five, and I remember the first time I saw you in Mark Richards' office, and you had he was our yeah. program director, our direct boss, and you mm-hmm. driven down from Chattanooga because you worked at US One Hundred One. Mm-hmm. And I guess you're in the, right. you're pitching for a job, and I went in there to turn in a a, a timesheet or something. I don't know. And and you were sitting there, and we had a brief conversation. Um, and I did my research and and listened to some of your tape. And I went to Mark like two days later. And I said, Mark, listen, that uh, that kid you had in here, uh, we need him on the morning show. And at the time, it was who was on the morning show? It, we had Matt Hoffberg as a, as a producer. Yeah, it, it was uh, me and you, or I guess it was you. Was and, it D? Uh, yes, or K? Yeah. No, it was actually K, yeah. and then and then became uh, about eighteen months dark later. Days. Okay, those are sometimes darker. All right, um, but you and I were always thicker than thieves, and 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 we yeah. would carpool everywhere that we went, and we would come up with just crazy, crazy ideas and in bits for the morning show. And um, listen, a lot of times, uh, I it's four twenty every day in my world. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's not in tugs. I don't want to make that very, very clear, but I would right. always come up with the event. Tug, listen, we are going to rent a space shuttle and we're going <laughs> to launch it from the top of the BOA building in Midtown with a group of right. listeners. And we're going to send them to the Alan Jackson concert, Tug. Yeah. And then they're going to get on Alan's bus and they're going to tour with him for six weeks. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> and you'd be like, Caddy, you're high. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, well, what do you think about my idea? Let's see what we can do. Think, it, let's 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 boil that idea exactly. down, right? Let's get to a point of something that we can do with. It. And that was the way that you and I always looked at, 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 at the format of a morning show with ideas and brainstorming. Is brainstorm as big as you want, as big as you can, actually, because you can always bring it down. You're, you're not. Yeah. We're not. We weren't going to get a space shuttle. Okay, but no. maybe we sent a family of they, four to space camp in Huntsville or something. You know, I mean, you have to compromise a little bit, but shoot high with your ideas. 
Uh, yeah. Tug, you still work at uh, that station a little bit. Yeah, 101.5. Are you yeah, still severely uh, underpaid, I bet, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course, right? Every yeah. every every place is uh, – everybody's getting underpaid these days. But, uh, 680, um, 680 yeah, so the I'm fan. still there. And yeah, I'm, I'm the here at, uh, at, the, at and, the fan and, and Extra 106.3. Yes, talk about Extra 106.3, which is now the Republican – well, that's not what we say – the conservative voice of radio in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, since, you know, the the main news talk here in town, WSB, is kind of taking a little bit of a left turn. With the exception um, of Eric Erickson. Yeah. And you, so we, uh, and we did our air? best to, to fill that. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I feel like, did we break up there a little bit? No. Not me and Donna oh, did. Man. Anyway, so yeah, so we're just uh, filling that void, you know, with uh, the new Claire Travis and Bucks show, which took over for Rush. Right. And, um we run Glenn Beck, um, uh, Guy Benson, who's kind of an up-and-coming conservative uh, talk show host. He's a, a Fox News Channel guy. But interesting, he's kind of like what some people would describe as a uni- unicorn because he's a gay conservative. And, there are a few um, of them. You know what? I think I think there's a lot more than, than people like to think and like to admit, especially, you know, with – uh, most of the news media leaning left, you know, they try yeah. to pretend that. that yeah, let's talk about the Delta variant. Case. You know, come on, are you kidding me? <laughs> yes, Please, enough with they the just variant. want us to stay home and crawl in the attic and die. You know? Yeah, it's so it's so annoying. Hey, it what is, is absolutely annoying? What is David Dickey paying for the 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 duo that are replacing Rush, or is that bartered? You know? No, I, I think it's a barter. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, it's premier They're radio networks. So. They're pretty good, right? Yeah, no, so far I like it a Talented. lot. I mean, I've always liked Clay Travis and. He was when he was sports, you know, up until, you know, just a few months ago, he was a sports guy. And I was like, he just had a conservative point of view. And, um, you know, it's just it, it's it's different. And and when it comes to, you know, like mainstream media, and that sort of stuff. So he was he was kind of the unicorn. And so now it's uh, went over to be a, uh, you know, and, and do uh, conservative talk. Doug is a U.S. Navy veteran. He mm-hmm. loves Jesus. The Braves, Dogs, Falcons, and Hawks. In that order, is Jesus first? Uh, yeah, Braves, okay. Dogs, Falcons, Hawks. Yeah, those. Well, but yeah, Jesus, Jesus is first, right? Yeah, Jesus, Jesus is always first. Yes, but right. uh, behind that, shortly behind that, is the Georgia Bulldogs for sure. American Braves. American men are suffering a friendship recession right now. And when I saw this story a couple of weeks ago, I know I wanted to pull it in, in into the content of the podcast at some point. Uh, and then when I knew that you were going to be filling in for my wife, Donna, for this episode, for, for this segment, I thought, you know what? That'd be perfect to pull Tug into this story because um, we are great friends and have been forever. American yep. men suffer friendship recession with 15% of American men not having one close friend. Not one. No, well, that's crazy. I can't imagine that because, I mean, I feel like, you know, with you, I could call you with anything. Like if, if the house burned down, I would yeah, call you. If, if, if when, when my dad passed, I call it. Like I called you first. You know, I mean, so I feel like I could reach out to you with anything. Of but course past you that, I mean, there's probably only two people. I mean, I've got I've got peripheral f- friends that I was that I you know grew up with right. or that I was in the navy with that I still keep in contact with. But we don't see each other often, so it's it's not like that. You know that um, that personal relationship where you feel like you can talk to him about right. anything. Well, and maybe you could. It just would be odd to out of the blue call my buddy in Seattle or my buddy in Texas and be like, "Hey, my dad." You know. Yeah. But and, with you, you know, I feel like I could do that. But we talk at least every other day. Here's what happens with the guy stuff. Um, we say, "Hey, we'll, we'll, you know, we we see or speak to our best friends every two or three years, and we just pick up where we left off." You know. Yeah. There's not a yeah. constant um, check-in and, and constant conversation and updates about what's going on in your life. Um, yeah. The number with at least six close friends is now at just 27%. 27% of people. Okay. See, that's that's an interesting thing, too, because I, I would thought of that. I definitely don't have six I don't really have, close yeah. friends. There's, I mean, and that's by design, I can take really. like three. I got two. Yeah. You and Stewie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, may, yeah. But you said it's by design. I think, I think that's, that's possible. I just think men, you know, dudes, fellas, whatever you want to call us, we were such creatures of habit. And, and if somebody is, is not constantly in our life, then we don't just like I was saying with my buddies in the Navy, like I know they're there. I can keep up with them. If they were to come through town, I would go have lunch with them. If they'd fly into, Hartsfield, I've done that before. When my buddy's coming in for Seattle, like I'll meet him down there. 
and uh, go have lunch with him at the airport, you know, or something. And that's it. But I won't see him for another right. two or three years. Well, and, and, and so what you do, so, what, what, what you do is you, you stash your friendships away. Oh, that's what guys do. That's what bit. men do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. I think, I think that it's just, it is part of being such a creature of habit and, you know, and, and guys, we're not, we're not good about reaching out just to say, you know, Hey, I was thinking about you, you know, like women are women, yeah. women have that instinct. Well, they, I think it, maybe it's a motherly thing. I don't know. Well, they develop strong emotional bonds with their, their friends, you know, men, yeah, I would think it's so. harder for men. I think to do that than, than it is. I think, I think it is, but I don't know, man, you and I've shared some pretty, uh, you know, intimate information about ourselves and, and, and about things Indeed. that have happened in our lives and, you know, things that are happening in our lives and, and, and through our lives, whether it's about kids, when you run into a speed bump there or you Arrest, have something, that, you know, that it's just mm-hmm. tough to deal with. Yeah. And you and I have always done that. And so I, I think it is just those people that you're in contact with the most, the ones that you build those kind of bonds with. And if you're not continually doing that, then it's then it's tougher to just reach out to somebody you had not spoke to in a while and talk about something like that. Just 59 percent of Americans have one person they say is their best friend. And that's down from 77% in uh, 90. So that was what, 20, 21 years ago. Mm-hmm. So uh, listen, guys, if you have that one, as soon as you finish listening to this episode of the My Second Act podcast, reach out to him. Tell him you love him. Yeah, you should. Tug, I love yeah, you. you should. I love you, Tug. While you're on the phone, yeah, I just yeah, want to get that you out You know, there. buddy, I love you too. You know that. And, uh, and, and, that's, and see, that's another thing. Like, I think men get into that weird thing where they don't like to say I love you for whatever reason. You know, a lot of people I grew up with, their dads never said it. My dad always said it. I say it to my son all the time. I tell, you know, people that mean a lot to me, I tell them all the time, hey, I love you. And I try to make it a point like it's an exercise for me to make sure I do that so I don't ever not do it. Right. Let's get political about the friendship thing. Okay. A majority, 53% of Republicans say they have at least some friends who are Democrats. In mm-hmm. contrast. Okay. In contrast. I can though, see that. Less yeah. less than one third of Democrats say they have at least some Republican friends. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Uh, so if I heard that right, yeah. Republicans have Democrat friends. Right. Democrats don't Do really have, have Republicans. Right, they don't. They don't. They stick so, with their, and, their and it's, group. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because Republicans, and, and I don't even know that I consider myself a Republican. I'm, I'm definitely a conservative guy, but I don't know if I'm a really a Republican because that can, that's a pretty broad term. Um it's interesting that typically when you look at the party split, Republicans are uh, or Democrats where there are the ones who are uh, ac- accepting of everything. Right. Or or so that's the, the presentation in the media that Democrats are accepting of people. Yeah, no matter I'm what. sorry. Yes. Except, I would agree with that. except they're not really, because if you're a conservative, they clearly do not accept you. That's what it says in the study. Tuck. Good point. Yeah, I, and, and that's the thing. Like, I don't have a problem with people that I disagree with politically. I can still like them and enjoy their company. We just see things differently, and I don't I don't have a problem with that. I just, It's interesting to me that, that some people can't spend yeah. time with people yeah. that they actually disagree with politically. Um, let's see here. 15 million people in the U.S. have missed their second dose of the coronavirus vaccine. That's one in 10 Americans okay. um, because they're not going back to get the second mm-hmm. shot because it's inconvenient. It's uh, mm-hmm. you get sick really with the second one more often than you do with the first. You got both of them, right? Yep. Yeah, um, I did. Yeah, we went with the uh, the Moderna. Me and Laura did. Well, your Laura wife Laura did. drove you there. Yeah. I don't think you've yeah. done it. <laughs> right. Yeah, and then uh, Jacob went with. Uh, he had to. Have, he took the Pfizer one because at that time it was uh, approved for sixteen and under or whatever. Right. And um, you're right. Both Jacob and I and Laura all got sick with our second, second dose. dose. Yeah. I, I if I choose to get one at some point, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to go with Johnson and Johnson because it's one shot and you're done. I, I know that right. I, I will not go back for that second shot. I just know that's mm-hmm. I don't like needles. <laughs> I know that about you too. I, like, seriously, I'm not going to do it. Me, so I'm going to be honest. Yeah, do JJ. It's kind of like when I had LASIK surgery done years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, eyesight correction, laser surgery. Uh, they wanted to do like one eye on Tuesday and then one, the next eye on on Friday, and I said that's not going to work because mm-hmm. I'm not going to come back because mm-hmm. I'm going right. to be in pain. And uh-huh. I, Cadillac Jack does not like pain. I, I have That's a right. very low Nothing hurts you like pain threshold for pain tolerance. And and so I'd have been walking around with one wonky eye that was crossed <laughs> and worse right. than it is now. And, and, and I couldn't see out of, and then the, the, the other, eye would be worse because I knew I wouldn't go back. So I wasn't <laughs> going to kid myself about going back for a second coronavirus vaccine. Uh, so if I choose to do it, 
And I, I don't know that I will. I'll go with J&J. Um, you were at the doctor's office before you phoned in. Mm-hmm. Was there anyone in the uh, lobby uh, complaining of erectile dysfunction? There wasn't. There wasn't. No. I did. You know, I think it's one of those things, though, that, that people try to keep probably close to their vest. So you should wear like a badge know, of even, honor. Even if they're talking about it with the receptionist, I'm here for an ED yeah. evaluation or something, they probably keep that low. So no one brought it up. But it doesn't mean there wasn't anybody there that wasn't suffering, having that issue. Suffering. There are reports, Tug Coward, of men that are coming into doctors' offices complaining of ED after getting COVID. Mm. Now, oh my! Now, now, not the not the vaccine, but the actual virus. The virus, but because I've had the vaccine and I don't want that to happen. Right. I think you're. I think you're okay. Um, but <laughs> this but point. this is what they're doing to scare men and scare people into going and get getting getting the shot. Oh. So come on! I mean, West Virginia, they gave away guns and trucks. Um, Which is look, I think is a brilliant move. I, Ohio gave away full boat scholarships. Uh, I think in Georgia, we gave away some scratchers from the Georgia lottery well, and, or something. Several states did that lottery thing, though, because there was yeah. a person in uh, Ohio that won a million dollars. They did like a, a COVID lottery. If you went, then you got it. You know, they they put you in this lottery. And this 22-year-old girl won a million dollars. Here's what we know right now. Erectile dysfunction could be a symptom of long COVID, which is oh. the, 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 the whole classification of systems that can last for months after you initially get the infection long covid is, it, is that what you said long covid l-o-n-g long covid yeah so okay all right i'm just trying to put this all these pieces together here tuck follow me okay um the doctor said he suspected the risk was higher in patients who suffered from pneumonia accompanying covid19 which triggers inflammation of the blood vessels specifically the cells that line the body's blood vessels i'll break that down for you basically what they're saying here um is if you don't have, if your if your blood vessels in your penis mm-hmm. are not flowing freely, yeah, um, then it's going to trigger inflammation of the blood vessels, which could then cause ED, and they could trace it back to COVID nineteen. But they say, Tug, more study is needed. Yeah, right. So, uh, is there any of you that is a little skeptical of this? Like they're putting this out there, like somebody, and I don't know who they is. The collective they, the mysterious they, is right. But they could put it out there just to get get guys nervous. Of course. So they'll be like, they'll be like, well, you know what? Oh, this money. I better go get this shot. Right. And 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 I bet when you know when the Biden administration sends people door to door, people are going to do it if they if they're if they're not, not. the bitches. You you know your your dangle won't stand up anymore. Yeah. Did you say you're Dingle? Yeah, I did. I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to be family friendly, you know. I don't. The plausible relationship between COVID and ED is one more reason for the unvaccinated to get their shots, Dr. Janini ah. said. There you have it, Tug. We're done with that conversation because you're exactly right. They want to scare. And, and the women also don't want their husband's dinger to not work. And yeah, so they're going the to push wants, yeah. the husband to get the vaccination as well. It's That's all a right. game. Yeah, we, we need your dingle to wrangle at this house. It's all a game. Uh, it is also, a lot of it is a lot of it has been so political. There's no doubt about that. I mean, the, this whole thing has been politicized. I mean, yeah. look at New York and California. They've you know have basically said that even if you are you know uh, vaccinated, or, and the CDC has already said you don't need a mask. And look, masks are proven in several studies not to have any effect whatsoever. So it's more of a it's more of cosmetic. It's more of virtue signaling. Well, I, but I, New York I, and L.A. have said that we're, or New York and California are going to send things. people back to school, but they will be required to wear a mask no matter what. Here's the thing, too. Um, I'm, I'm starting to see I saw it on Twitter today. Maybe it was the Washington Post and, and, and mainstream media that lean left. And, and they're saying the Delta uh, strain is going to be worse and we're going to shut yeah. back down. Go get your vaccination, or do you want us to shut back down the country? I do. I've said I had a very pleasant experience during the pandemic. Um, I would go back in a minute. I'm not kidding. I would. I loved the pandemic. I loved COVID nineteen. Well, you, but it's because you're kind of a homebody to begin with. Well, I was unemployed. You know, I mean, there's there's no better time to be unemployed than when you're in a pandemic right. because everybody's unemployed. Right, absolutely. You know, right. nobody has money to go on vacation during a pandemic. Yeah. You can't travel. I didn't have money and and couldn't travel. So yeah, we were all on level playing field. I loved COVID nineteen. With the exception of the death and destruction, of course. I mean, yeah, you got sure, come I mean, on, you know right. better but than just that. The but circumstances that it caused. I'm hoping okay we get that. shut back down a little while. You yeah. know, I mean, I think yeah. it's. it's, it's, it's I, I think there would be people would revolt. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, well, I'm going to let you go, and I appreciate your time. But do you remember that when Governor Kemp shut down Georgia, 
um, mm-hmm. you and I were out drinking the night that he shut the state down. Remember? Yes, I remember. The, yeah, the, we're in downtown Alvarado. The night that Governor Kemp reopened Georgia, where were we? The same uh, bar. Out, yeah, we're we were. City Tavern, right? Yep, City Tavern, downtown Alvarado. Uh, any, <laughs> anything so else in the sports world or the Major League Baseball All-Star game this week you want to talk about since you are at 680 The Fan, Atlanta Sports Station? Uh, this is going to sound petty, and I'm okay with it being petty. Take, we'll take I, it, yeah. uh, For the first time in my uh, in my life, didn't watch. didn't watch any uh, part of the All Star Game. It was just my, and I didn't, I didn't tweet, I didn't tell other people not to do it. That was just like my thing. I was, was it because like, of the Atlanta, I, the Atlanta thing, moving it out of Atlanta? Yeah, yeah, okay. of course. I mean, yeah, it was so ridiculous, and you know, the 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 whole premise yeah. of the, the lawsuit from the from the Justice Department is so silly, and it's going to blow up in their yeah. face. But they'll have a talking point for the next two years because that's probably how long it'll take to get through court. It's already been approved. One very similar Six in six three. In the at the Supreme Court level, so yeah. I just yeah, it's, I I didn't watch any, and and it breaks my heart because I love baseball, it's, I I love it, love it, and um, that's the first time in my life I hadn't watched it, but it was just so absurd, and and the silliness of Coca Cola and the silliness of Delta, yeah. um, you know, like I said, I don't I don't encourage people not to do anything. I was, I do things on my own, and you know, however everybody else wants to handle it's fine, but like I just try to avoid, you know, I just don't I just don't. I don't want any part of it. And, you know, maybe next year when things get back to normal, I'll be back to normal. There you go. All right, let's grab your um, – I invited you to add a song to the Spotify Hypes on Playlist for the My Second Act podcast. Uh, so mm-hmm. we're going to add three. I have two coming up on the backside of the break, that, including Donna, since she's not here today. She left me. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, what would you like to add? Well, I had – I have. To, I would actually have two that I would Jesus, like Tug, I said one. I, said I know, one. but I couldn't decide between – I can if I need to narrow it to one. I'll go with one. Um and it's only because my son played it in the truck as we we're driving down the road to his baseball game the other day. And I was so surprised. I said, you know this song? And he said, yeah, I really like it. And it was Mel McDaniel, Baby's Got a Blue, Blue Jeans on. on, which is such a great song. And, you know, it's, it's, it's what, late, uh, late seventies, early eighties, somewhere around there with, um, that was probably early eighties, I guess, with Mel McDaniel. Yeah. Baby's Got a Blue, Blue Jeans on. on. All right. Fantastic. What was the second one? And if I like it, we'll add it maybe. Okay, well, it was uh, Morgan Wallen. Um, the uh, the song is called Silverado for Sale. Yep, on his and double album. And it's basically, uh, and, and it's you know this this kid. He's decided he's going to ask his girlfriend to marry him, and he needs some money, so he's talking about selling his his Silverado. Right. He's putting it in the newspaper, and he said the course is basically this this truck gets the prettiest girls, and you know uh, has a pretty good radio, and he's just going through all the reasons you should buy it because he's got to sell it because he's found that girl. And it's going to propose. You know, on the double album, Dangerous, he had several references to Chevrolet. Um, yeah, and, that was and, that's and what I that, that song, song from as well. Then, but when the, the TMZ released a video of him saying the N-word in his driveway, mm-hmm. did you find it ironic that the next day when he comes out and the neighbor's course is still filming um, and it's daylight and he's sobered up a little bit, but he's coming out with a, a, a maybe his baby's mama and, mm-hmm. and he gets in a Toyota Tundra. You know what? I don't even think I. I don't. I don't think I. You would have thought that Morgan Wallen would have gotten into Chevrolet Silverado, right? Yeah, same, same. Yeah, it was a Toyota. Toyota Tundra. How about that? All right, <laughs> we'll add both of them. Yeah, we'll add both of them. I didn't even consider it. I didn't even notice. I guess I was just so enamored by yeah. the whole. And thing. there were like twelve pack cartons of of Milwaukee's Beast all over his his porch, and mm-hmm. uh, the landscaping was was very unbecoming. You know, I mean, someone needed to get out there and, and work a little bit, but. He's old. It's, it, he's not a guy that is, yeah. you know, um, that lives in Alpharetta or lives in, uh, you know, some some place where the, the manicured lawn is a requirement. And he lives out, in, you know, near Knoxville. That's just regular folks out that way. All right, man. We'll add both of them. I appreciate your time. Have a great day and uh, say hello to your lovely wife, Laura, and, and your son, Jacob. And um, I'll see you soon. And we'll talk uh, sometime in the next couple of days. All right, brother. Love Hi, you, man. man. Catch Love you, you later. Too. All right. Chuck Coward, everybody, yeah. on the My Second Act podcast. Uh, and just filling in for that segment since my wife Donna left me. And she might be back for the next episode. You'll just have to listen to find out. Three steps to a nutritious home-cooked meal. It's select your menu at dinnerfear.com. It's choose your delivery date, and then it's simple. You enjoy delicious dinners. $30 off your first order at dinnerfear.com. The promo code is CADDY2021. Um, everything that you need for your dinner that you choose and, and the number of dinners and servings depends on how many mouths you have to feed. You know, they have different packages depending on the size of your family and the number of mouths that you have at the dinner table every night. Uh, everything that you need for the dinner, though, is an individual 
Ziploc baggies ready to go. So if you have picky eaters, kids that are picky eaters, you can leave out onions. You can leave out spicy sauces or other ingredients uh, for the picky eaters. Two to three easy steps. Get dinner on the table, always 100% guaranteed, and there's no contract. Listen, I see these other meal prep services when I'm uh, you know, thumbing through social media. Not going to call them out by name, uh, but there, there, there are several. What makes Dinner Affair stand out is that they're always tailored for all ages and tastes, and the ingredients to prepare the dinner you ordered, um, add what you want, leave out what your kids don't, and they're healthy and they're delicious meals. You pick out your meals every month at dinnerfear.com and then schedule your delivery date, and then they appear on your, your front porch in isolated bags with dry ice. They also ship nationwide. Dinneraffair.com, dinneraffair.com. No contract, money-back guarantee, dinneraffair.com. Moment ago, you heard Chuck Cowart's addition to the Donna and Caddy Spotify hype song playlist. I'm going to take Donna's slot since she's decided to sit out this episode of the podcast. Uh, it was this week in 86. Queen performed at Wembley Stadium for the iconic Queen Live at Wembley concert. This is uh, Freddie Mercury and, and Brian May and Roger Taylor and, and, and John uh, Deacon. So I'm going to add Killer Queen from 1974 in Donna's slot. All right. I'm going to add a song this episode from uh, it was about the year that I got to Atlanta when I was 19 years old, back in 94. And at the time, a group called Boy Howdy had just launched. And to this day, their song, She'd Give Anything, remains one of my top 25 country songs um, of all time. Jeffrey Steele, who's going to join us for Music in the Meadows at the venue at Murphy Lane uh, Thursday, just a couple of weeks, July 29th, I think it is. Uh, Jeffrey Steele was the lead singer of Boy Howdy. They were founded uh, in 1990 back in L.A., and it was Jeffrey Steele, lead vocals. It was Hugh Wright and brothers Kerry Park and Larry Park. Now, if you're new to the podcast, you should thank you, first of all, for downloading and discovering and, 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 and spread the word. You should know, though, that while we are classified as a music podcast by Apple Podcasts, we can't play music. Let that sit in. I'm going to break the rules, though, all right? And I promised Hans Appen, who is the president, CEO, and general manager, and uh, man in charge of the Appen Podcast Network, that if we should ever get a fine or a cease and desist, or I'll take care of it in, in installments. But I'm going to play just a snippet of this song. She'd give anything. This is Boy Howdy. She'd give anything and everything to fall in love. What she's been dreaming of. I love it. I love it. All right. So that's Boy Howdy. Check it out on the Don and Caddy Spotify Hype Song playlist uh, for the entire song. And listen, Jeffrey Steele at the last show we had him at, um, we booked him at Uncorked uh, last, uh, I think it was April. He didn't do Boy Howdy. You know, he did all of his hits. And, and there's not a huge country song that Jeffrey Steele did not have a hand in writing. Everything from uh, What Hurts the Most, Shotgun Rider. Uh, Speed in My Town from Montgomery Gentry. Meanwhile, back at Mama's from uh, uh, Tim and Faith, Knee Deep, Zach Brown Band, me and my gang from Rascal Flats. These days from Rascal Flats, you hear all of these songs. And, and Jeffrey Steele is not only a, a, a Grammy-nominated songwriter, he's a great performer. And I had this conversation with somebody on Twitter at ATL Cadillac uh, in the past two, three days. And it was most songwriters are not good performers at all. They're just not. Most songwriters are, for the most part, introverts. Jeffrey Steele, if you've ever seen him before in concert, you know Jeffrey Steele is an extrovert. And Jeffrey Steele loves being on stage. And he puts on a show of his own songs, like 25 number ones through the years. I'll, I'll ask him to do Boy Howdy. He did not do it at Uncorked. I didn't ask. But um, I would love to hear that song live from Jeffrey Steele. All right, so join us. The venue at Murphy Lane. This place is spectacular it's an 88 acre uh country estate with stock lakes and ponds and and beautiful landscaping and rolling hills and it's just a great unique place to see a music event and we're going to help backpack buddies of Coweta county stock their shelves for the entire school year by asking you if you don't mind when you come to the show on the 29th uh bring one or as many as you can of the following donation items uh ramen noodle packs 
mac and cheese boxes, granola bars, or individual oatmeal or grits packages. Uh, Backpack Buddies of Coweta County, what they do is they send uh, backpacks home with kids who maybe don't have snacks waiting on them at home. And the backpacks are full of snacks for the kids so that they have snacks when they get home. On Fridays, they send them home like three days worth of snacks. As we continue the music series, Music in the Meadows, at the venue at Murphy Lane in Coweta County in Noonan, uh, we're going to pick for each show a, a local charity. But I thought, you know, listen, school's getting ready to fire back up. I mean, Coweta County School's going back soon. So I thought Backpack Buddies of Coweta County was the obvious first charity uh, for the first show. Uh, tickets are on sale right now. Gates at 6, music at 7. I guarantee you that you will be home by 10. And when we first started planning the Music in the Meadows series, uh, that was something that I really wanted to focus on, especially on a Thursday show. Most of them are going to be Saturdays for uh, the, the venue at Murphy Lane and Noonan. This first show at Jeffrey Steele is Thursday, July 29th. And that's a school night. That's a work night. I get it. I get it. So I said to everybody that's involved, the team, I hate when people say that. We don't talk to the team. Uh, but, you know, Hank and Carol Lane, who own the venue at Murphy Lane, and, and Jody Jackson, uh, who, who's one of Don and I's business partner, um, I said, you know, I, I think it's important that we stress that you're home by 10 uh, because we want you to come out and we want you to have a great time, but you need to get home. You need to get in bed, all right? It's it, You can kind of coast through a Friday. Trust me, I coasted through many Friday morning shows uh, during my 12-year tenure as a, a morning show host. Like, there were there were Fridays mornings. I'd get home at like 2 o'clock. Um, like, the Uber would drop me off, and maybe not two, but one, uh, and then would have to leave for the radio station, like, at 3.30. It, it can be done. You don't do it often by any means, but you can kind of coast through a Friday. But I guarantee you, I'm going to have you home by 10 o'clock. All right, so come out and join us Thursday, July 29th. There is a limited number of VIP tables available. Uh, these these VIP tables, they, they see eight, and you're going to have your own private bar. And you can also get into the venue early to 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 drink and 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 have fun, liquor, drinks, and beer and wine available. And Chick Fil A, Atlanta-based Chick Fil A, reached out to us and said, "Hey, we want to be a part of Music in the Meadows." So they're bringing their food truck out. All right, going to be a good time. Big thanks to our our partners, Paramount Hospitality Group, including many of the Marriott and Hilton brands, including Home Two Suites by Hilton. Hampton Inn and Town Place Suites by Marriott. We appreciate their support. I thought that they were a Noonan-based company. It turns out they were like nationwide based on Northside Drive in uh, Atlanta. So we appreciate them hanging out with us and um, look forward to this event. I did want to acknowledge Marty Sullivan as a pod peep for this episode. Marty lives in Memphis. And he, he sent to me on Twitter, I uh, saw Jeffrey Steele last week in Nashville hit songs for days. And I said, this is the conversation I talked about a minute ago about how songwriters often aren't entertainers or great performers. And I was having this conversation with uh, with Marty Sullivan um, and offered him two tickets. I said, listen, hope you can join us on 729. I got you two free tickets if you can. And he, he wrote back. I love this. Uh, I'd love to, but we're in Arizona trying to adopt our second child. Had an Atlanta Tybee trip lined up first week of August. So that would have worked, but got to try and make my little man a big brother. I thought that was great. So, Marty, we appreciate your support of the My Second Act podcast in Memphis, Tennessee. All right. Trisha Yearwood and Garth Brooks are great gift givers. We had a conversation about their 75th wedding anniversary celebration last weekend in Plains, Georgia. We knew that Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood flew in. And you learned from listening to the My Second Act podcast that late that afternoon, they flew out of Plains to Vegas, where later that night, Garth did his first show uh, in Vegas since the pandemic. This is what happened, though, before the celebration. Trisha and Garth gave Jimmy and Rosalind Carter a classic car with a special meaning for their anniversary. And the special meaning is this. It's a red convertible built in 1946, which is the year the former first couple were married. I'm going to include a picture of it in the letter. It's beautiful. And... They met with Jimmy Roslin privately before the uh, you know the big party at Plains High School. Like three hundred people were there, um, but this is kind of really I thought found I thought this was fascinating. Kind of the behind the scenes, how how they pulled this off. Uh, there was a really close friend of the Carters, uh, Jill Stuckey, who lives in Plains. It kind of coordinated the entire event for the Saturday. Um, the gift, the car, the convertible arrived 
to the couple's home in Plains, Georgia last Wednesday around noon, where it was taken by Secret Service and stored in an area of the compound where they live so the couple wouldn't see it until Saturday. And then they pull it, Garth and Trisha like get in it and they drive out of the barn or some shit and in Plains and, and present this convertible built in 46 to, to Jimmy Roslin. Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood. Great gift givers. Invite them to every event you have coming up and then events that your kids had. Graduation. Send Garth and Trisha a graduation announcement uh, because you never know. You might get something back. I thought that was a great story. We are a little over halfway through the 2021 calendar year. July 2nd was the halfway point. And there are always um, stats and percentages and, and titles and things like that that are reported on halfway you know the first here's here's the big country music stories in the first half of the year um luke combs is on fire his song better together is the country leader for the the chart share year so far um he continues his airplay domination and appears poised to repeat as the 2021 top performer on the strength of two songs better together and forever after all, that have each spent three weeks at number one this year. Following Luke Combs in the top five artists of the year for the first half of 2021, Blake Shelton, ass, Thomas Rhett, Luke Bryan, and Russell Dickerson. Uh, the top female country artist for the year so far, the halfway point, is Gabby Barrett. Uh, she ranks eighth overall. Dan and Shay. Ooh. Are the top duo at number seven, and Parmalee ranks as the top group at number six. If you had said to me, kind of like Jack, like three years ago, four years ago, when they came on, Parmalee had a song, uh, uh, Carolina, I think it was. Um, if you'd said to me when that song came out three, four years ago, kind of like Jack, do you suspect that Parmalee will ever rank as the top group of, of the first half of any calendar year? I'd have said, hell no. But they had that huge song with uh, Blanco Brown, Just the Way. And it did very, very well. So that has, you know, increased their rank quite a bit. The most heard song at this point in the chart year, halfway through 2021, is Better Together from Luke Combs. Number two, the second most heard song on country radio is What's Your Country Song by uh, uh, Thomas Rhett. Then Parmalee and Blanco Brown are third with Just The Way. Luke Bryan is fourth with Down To One. And uh, Gabby Barrett is number five with the good ones. So that is the health of the country music chart at the halfway point. Uh, the chart share year, as they call it in Nashville for 2021. You've heard me say before that I, um, I don't do Apple music. I don't pay whatever it is, nine 99 a month for unlimited. Never have. Here's why I buy individual songs, individual albums. And people say to me, why, why do you do that? Why? What's, what a waste of money. It's not to me. It's not. Uh, and listen, I don't have a lot of money. But it's always been super important to me that the songwriter and the artist and the producer and the musicians get all the credit, read that as money um, that they can and that they deserve. And they deserve every bit of it. Um, iTunes, while it has been great for the consumer and for music fans like yourself listening right now and, and certainly for me, it's not been a very fair system uh, financially to artists and to um, songwriters. So when I saw that there is one company that is the best paying music streaming service, more so than Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube, Peloton is the best paying music streaming service for an artist and songwriter. You know, the bikes. Listen, I wouldn't know a Peloton bike if it put itself together in my basement. I would use it like I would put laundry on, you know, hang my, my, my shirts, my collared shirts and on it and uh, use it like as a, a, a hamper. Uh, they do the, uh, the stationary bikes and I think they have treadmills. There's a, there's a big store at Avalon, uh, which is the big shopping district and retail and restaurant and uh, in Alpharetta where we are. Um, but they have the uh, internet connected bikes and treadmills. And so you can participate in a class via streaming media. Here is the breakdown. Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube, arguably the leaders, or right, in, in streaming music services, 
they pay less than one cent per stream, less than a penny. Peloton pays artists around three cents per stream. I said three cents, like that's gold. Uh, listen, that that's still horrible, truth be told. I mean, these artists and these songwriters and producers, they deserve so much more than that. Where's the money going? I know where it's going. And that's a conversation we'll have in an upcoming episode. Um, but Peloton, the bike dudes and dudettes, pay three cents per stream. The best paying music streaming service in the country. So the next time that Cody Rigsby or Kendall Tool or Jesse King or Jen Sherman are, are yelling at you in your remote Peloton class, um, know that they work for a good company. And I was curious how much they make. How much do these Peloton structures make? You know, they're hot. All of them really are. You know, I, I wouldn't get on a Peloton bike if if, if they said we're gonna you're gonna have to uh, we're gonna put you in the trunk of a Cutlass and and take you to Lake Lanier and you're gonna live there for the rest of your life. Or um, you have to do a Peloton uh, uh, video class. You know, I, I would I would wind up in the Cutlass because I just you know I'm not gonna do that. But I have seen their pictures and some of their videos in the Lululemon pants and things. You know. Um, what do they make, do you think? Peloton has never officially disclosed the salaries, but it is believed, depending on who you believe, that these instructors make anywhere from $500 to $750 per class. Each of them does about 10 to 15 classes in a week. I did the math for you. I know you get things going on right now as you listen. Um, with 10 to 15 classes taught in a week, an instructor could make up to $585,000. That's over a half million dollars annually. So think about breaking out your Lululemon see-through pants. And uh, I'm not, for I, I wouldn't do that to you, first of all, but um, I'm not getting on a Peloton bike. I hadn't, I hadn't exercised or had water, uh, water since fourth grade field day. So, um. What did I have here? Okay, the number one song, who's made more money from Peloton uh, based on streams than any other artist in the year 2020? You know, any excuse for me to play this particular song. Rain On Me by Gaga and Ariana Grande. The number one song of 2020 on the Peloton streaming services. All right. Sing along. Here we go. Hands up. We're going to get in trouble. Me, me, me. Rain on me. All right, Preston, we've got to kill it. Hans is going to get on me for playing so much music. All right, that's. Uh, I just thought that was fascinating. And shame, 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 shame on Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube that, that someone who puts together stationary bikes for exercise is paying artists more for royalties of, of streaming music than you are. That's pitiful. Absolutely. That's terrible. That's just terrible. Gallery Furniture, 1600 Brownsbridge Road, Gainesville, is where you're going to find hashtag Ask for Donna. 17 years ago, you would have found hashtag Ask for the Wolfman. It all began about 30 years ago. And if you go back about four episodes in the My Second Act podcast library, uh, you'll find an episode called, uh, I think it's like a history lesson of gallery furniture. I had forgotten that these cheesy, low-budget commercials that Wolfman and Donna did during the Braves games were not just aired here in Atlanta. They were aired nationwide. The entire country was exposed to gallery furniture and the Wolfman and Donna because the Braves played on TBS, which was the Superstation, right? Everybody in America could see the Braves. Everybody in America could see the Wolfman and Donna. And in that episode that we taped at the uh, 4th of July uh, parking lot event with uh, Donna and myself and Donna uh, from, from, from Gallery, uh, she talked about them traveling and going to different cities and, and the Wolfman still uh, being recognized in other cities in America, outside of Atlanta. I can testify that on a, more than a dozen occasions that I would go out with, with Wolfman and Donna through the years. Didn't matter if you were Longhorn or if you were at uh, what's the mall in Gainesville or if you were, uh, everybody would stop in their tracks when they saw the Wolfman coming. And Donna too. And she started these commercials with her deity when she was 15 years old. Go back and listen to that, the history of gallery furniture. It's, uh, I think it was like a, 25 minute segment but uh, i learned a lot um and 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 i've known don and wolfman and, and betty joe wolfman's wife and all the kids and grandkids for years and years and years it's a family owned small business 
and you hear my wife, Don, and I say all the time that that's where you need to be spending your money. You can take it home today. You can shop today. You can pay later. I have been in gallery furniture, uh, and, and someone has come in. I've seen people come into the showroom and hand Don a check, and it, it, it's not it's, it's just what they can afford to pay right then. They have financing. Yes, they have great financing, and Donna can get that done. But there are some people that, that don't even qualify for financing. But Donna always goes the extra step, and she works deals under the table for a lot of people. And they come in when they can and pay what they can. All right? They're an honest family. Askforthewolfman.com, Gallery Furniture, 1600 Browns Bridge Road, Gainesville. In the next episode that you hear of the My Second Act podcast, hopefully my wife Donna will be back. And we're also going to have a special guest. The guest is Christy Frank. She is the wife who had the run-in with the cat from Tunisia that we spoke about in a previous podcast in Brookhaven, Georgia, right outside of the city of Atlanta. Um, this is, Donna's going to love this because she'll be able to ask the wife, Christy, this can't be the first time that your husband left the door open, right? That, that was Donna's hang-up. And then in walks this, this, this exotic African cat after it escaped from another person's home. And it sneaks in through the door that the husband left open while he's out there walking the dog. And it's this huge, large, spotted wild cat, illegal to own as a pet in the state of Georgia. So we're going to get Christy Frank's point of view from the story that really went national. Everybody picked this story up. Now, an interesting storyline that I saw for the first time this morning, the owner of the African serval cat named Nala, N-A-L-A. Sounds good to me. Nala, you think? Nala. Nala, we're good. Preston says we're going with Nala. She's heartbroken to learn that authorities will not allow her to keep her exotic African cat after it escaped and and wound up at the, the Frank residence in Brookhaven. I'm heartbroken. She really helped me get through a lot. Now, uh, Anna Fife, the owner of, of the cat, is a Georgia student, UGA student. And the Georgia Department of Natural Resources took the cat into custody after, the animal, uh, after they caught it. And they want to rehome Anna's cat to a wildlife sanctuary. But Anna says... She didn't want to do that. She recalled thinking about this, this, this cat, two and a half feet tall, that she's loved, that's been with her through thick and thin. And she disagrees and, and fears that the cat will be scared to be taken from her home. So she had the cat declawed, slept safely in her bed every night, and was fed raw chicken and steaks. She says, yes, she is illegal in Georgia, but her home is in South Carolina. I think she should be taken there. She's probably scared and confused right now. She added that she's going to try to visit the cat and attempt to fight for her custody again. Here's her quote. I will try to fight this the best I can. I don't think it is fair for her to go to a sanctuary. A sanctuary it's not a good life for her considering her life she had before. Now, you're going to learn in the next episode of the My Second Act podcast from Christy Frank that she totally disagrees. This is the cat that jumped up on her bed while she was doing a Sudoku puzzle and then scared the living daylights out of her. And she says that um, the cat should be sent to an animal sanctuary and, and, and to live a good life there. This is a very popular cat within the pet trade. And the Animal Legal Defense Fund, interesting, when we booked uh, this, this guest slot with Christy Frank, I got another message, a second message that said, hey, listen, She's in. Um, the connection is this. Don and I worked with Sarah Hogan, who was a big pod peep, big supporter of the podcast. Sarah lives in Phoenix. Uh, she worked at Kix. She was like the number one salesperson at, at Kix back in the heyday with Moby in the morning for uh, decades. And, and so Don and I worked with Sarah. They were neighbors. Sarah was neighbors when she lived in Atlanta. They lived in Brookhaven with the Frank family. Uh, so that's how we landed uh, Christy, but the second message was this. Hey, listen, she wants to have a representative from the Animal Legal Defense Fund, the ALDF, on the line, on the podcast when, when she visits with us in this next episode. And I said, listen, I'm okay with that. I don't, I mean, we're not going to have any gotcha moments that I'm aware of. 
as as I sit here today, I don't plan any, but things can change. But uh, I think it's going to be interesting to get her point of view about this whole uh, this whole exotic African cat thing. Um, and and Donna is going to ask the question. The, the very first question you will hear asked when we get Christy Frank on the phone, Donna is going to say, "This is not the first time, Christy, that your husband left the back door open, right?" And what do you think Christy's going to say? I'm going with, no, this is not the first time that he left the back door wide open for a feral cat from from Tunisia to come wandering in the back door. So that's in the next episode of the My Second Act podcast. Pod peeps, for this episode, Samantha sent me a message on uh, Instagram at ATL Cadillac Jack. Blake Shelton built a freaking chapel so he could marry Gwen Stefani. Meanwhile, I can't even get a text back referring, I'm sure, to her relationship and her, her, her boyfriend or her husband or her significant other or partner that, that just doesn't, just, just, you know, it takes time. Leaves you on red, as the kids say, for a while. Misty Cato is from Dunwoody. She's a pot peep. Uh, I thought of the podcast last week when I saw this, uh, and it's actually a post on Instagram from a great follow. If you do not follow on Insta, uh, Georgia followers official. It's a great follow because it's just everything to do with Georgia news and trends and current events and things like that. Um, my buddy got Six Flags cheese fries. My Lord, I've seen these before. I forgot who does this. At Waffle House, if you get cheese on your hash browns, they put a slice of cheese. They, they don't. It's not shredded cheese that's really melted. They just fop. It's, it's, a, it's a craft single. You know, and and so the picture is of a uh, a box of French fries from Six Flags, and they've done the exact same thing. There's just a piece of cheese that you probably paid three and a quarter for, laying on top of the French fries. Misty, we appreciate your support of the My Second Act podcast. Audio for this episode from Interscope Records and Curb Records. This episode of the My Second Act podcast was produced by Preston Thompson, host of the Georgia Politics podcast and the Drafted podcast. Both are produced through the Appen Podcast Network. My thanks to my best friend forever, uh, Tug Cowart, for filling in. Hopefully Don is back uh, in the next episode. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. (laughs) 